Hey there, welcome to the Double D Podcast. Uh, I'm your co-host, old D, young young D, little D, little brother. And this is big brother. Because apparently me and Doug are brothers now. Although that comes... Although, yeah. <laughs> hey there, welcome back to Double D Podcast. Take two. Take two. Episode seven. October 2nd, 2023. Justin Trudeau is still Prime Minister, and we all hope he chokes on a ham sandwich like Mama Cass. <laughs> Pedro Pascal. Pascal. Played Joel. So I remember seeing him in an interview saying that, uh, like, when he got it, like he was like so he told his kids his kids played the game he didn't know he goes yeah, yeah. and they're like <laughs> freaked out right well Joel <laughs> is a very very loved character yeah you know and uh, I again I like how he played it because he did play it differently he kind of he he brought a different life to it which you know you don't want to see a carbon copy of the game you don't want to see the same story again right um, so he, he brought something different to it Talking away I don't know what I'm to say I'll say anyway Today's another day to find you Shying away I'll be coming for you Okay, take Okay, so check this out. So last week we talked about books turned into movies, Stephen King specifically. Right. So there's obviously games turned into movies. There are. There's a, a history of... <laughs> the Last of Us being one of them, which we started talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. So they're coming out with part two of it, right? Yeah, it's it's been pushed back a little bit because of the writer's strike, but I mean, oh. with the success of it, they were definitely doing a season two. And the second game... Um, the second game hit the the, the world pretty freaking hard and caused some permanent damage, but they definitely want to adapt it. Well, how do you mean? Adam, it was oh, fucked up. Giant spoilers. Um, play the game. I've played. Well, I mean, shit. It came out like for the PS3. The, the first might one. be different though. Well, that's the thing. And, and listen, you're gonna have spoilers, so turn it off now and go back and listen to episode six. Yeah, There's we're gonna. Six. I'm gonna spoil this shit out of uh, The Last of Us for Doug, because Doug is. Uh, I'm guessing you're not gonna play the game. Um, yeah, probably not. Okay. I think I. I think that would be a game that I'd like to play. It's... Like I played. Uh, Red Dead Redemption, uh, the the zombie one. Okay, I enjoyed it. Yeah, last it was my of kids, us. mind you. Oh man, I don't even know where to start. It's one of the, and again, everyone says this, but I I don't give a shit. It's one of the best freaking games I've ever played. For the story, um, the story is just amazing, and it's, uh, I mean, shit. If you've seen Logan. Logan felt like The Last of Us. Right. You know, it's about a, a guy, and he's on this, this trek across the country. He's got to protect this kid. And it was funny. There's a couple of scenes in Logan where they're, like, driving. And Is that an Australian one? Logan? No. No, Logan's the Wolverine. 
Oh, okay. The the one Hugh Jackman yeah, 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 is all yeah, yeah. fucked up and they call it Logan. I'm yeah. not big on the DC movies and stuff. That's, uh, that's Marvel. Marvel that, DC. I know that, that's Marvel. So write in and tell me off. <laughs> I'm not big on any of that stuff. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, I don't like okay. watching it. It's just I don't it's, know. It's I'm okay. not big into it. Um, but anyway, Wolverine. So to, to put put this in perspective Meow. for you, The Last of Us is about uh, an, an outbreak of a virus. Uh, not a virus. It's like um, a cordyceps infection. Yeah. So it's an actual thing. It can affect ants, and it'll actually, like, take over their brain, keep them alive, and then it, it's like a a hive mind almost. They all work towards kind of a common goal. It's, it's fucking crazy. And it's, it's like a zombie thing. It, but they're not zombies. That's the thing. It's, it's different. What you're looking at here is known as a runner. <laughs> it's the earliest stage of a cordyceps fungal infection, twisting the mind of its hosts, driving them crazy, <laughs> and forcing them to chase down prey to spread the infection. It's similar. They control, they, they control the, yeah. Yeah. The cordyceps gets into its brain and controls it. Yeah, and it kind of rots the brain away. And eventually they they can't, like, there's different types, right? If someone's just recently turned, they're essentially acting like a zombie. It can be passed on through bites and it can be passed on through spores in the air. Right. Because they're essentially like mushrooms growing out of your head and they create... Cordyceps is a mushroom, yeah. Yeah, when these things things die, it just grows everywhere and then starts producing spores all over the place. And then they explode and it affects the whole hive. Like, well... The ant. So the ant one that that, that I read, the, the cordyceps infects the ant, whatever, right? And the ant goes back to the to the hive or whatever it's called, right? Yeah. And then it's in there and it it dies and then it, the cordyceps kind of explode from its body and it infects all the ants. Yeah. And it gets them all. So that's the the basics of what this virus is, and there's no like there's no cure for it. And you're introduced to this character, Joel, who's a construction worker, you know, kind of speaks with a southern accent. He's a single dad. You never really find out what happened to the mom. But um, the story starts with the outbreak happening and him and his daughter and his brother, Tommy, trying to flee the city. And everything goes to shit and their car gets crashed and they're in the middle of the city and everything's going nuts. And while they're trying to escape, his daughter and him get shot and his daughter dies. And the game, it's fucking tragic. I mean, is the game pretty similar to that point? The game, the the, the show did it the same, but they they did something that makes it so much more emotionally damaging. Because in the, the game, game does. no, the game is emotionally damaging to begin with. Oh. like Gary, my best friend who played Dormus. Yeah. I was telling him for years, dude, you got to play Last of Us. You got to so play, play this game. You got to play it. You got to play it. <laughs> and then he finally played it like three years after I first started telling him. And he just had his, his daughter and she was maybe six months old. And he starts playing this game. And one of the first things you experience is this father whose daughter dies in his arms. Perfect. Like, it's so fucking emotional for any parent yes. to, to watch somebody go through that. Yeah. Yeah. So then the game shoots you forward 20 years. Right. Now I mentioned this briefly. I'll just go back for a second in the show. The first episode is almost entirely from the daughter's perspective. So you spend, if you don't know the game, you spend all this time with her getting to know her, yep. and then she dies just as tragically. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it yeah, rips, yeah. It just rips your guts out. You think she's going to be a main character and no. all the rest, and, and then yeah. at the end, yeah. So then the the movie and the, the the show and the game they flash forward twenty years, and you play as Joel in this fucked up version of the world, where 
I mean, somebody could go into better analysis of, of what exactly the, the what the remainders of the government is, but it's fucked. Everyone's working for like ration tickets. Um, there's there's barely any food there. It's there's a it's the same old apocalyptic. There, there's there's a control group, and then yeah. they're using everybody else to go do all, all the, the shit, shit jobs. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. Same. So old Joel's thing. like a work by day, but he is also kind of an arms trader by night. Like he's into some shady shit, um, and he gets tasked with smuggling this girl out of the city, and. While smuggling this girl out, he realizes that she's been bit, but that her bite is healed. Right. And no one has ever lasted more than, like, a night after being bit by one of these things, but she has, because she, by some fucking miracle, is immune. And the the Fireflies... Yep. <laughs> the, rebe- the Rebellion group, the Fireflies, uh, <laughs> they... They want her to get out of the city and to a medical facility where they can do an experiment, see if they can make a cure. Right. So that's the gist of the game. Right. And then it's about this this guy who's become very hardened and, and turned off, traveling with this girl, and their relationship does not... It takes forever for it to really get there. It, it starts as like a you're a burden relationship and it develops into more of a I you know we need to rely on each other to survive and just the dynamic between Ellie and Joel is what makes the whole story so good mm-hmm. like it worked so well and even in the the show it worked really well again um, now <clears throat> I don't want to spoil what the the thing that caused so many people to to have a hatred towards the second game but um, without spoiling too much, let's just say a very beloved character gets brutally murdered right. in the second game. Like, right. fucking brutally. And you then play as the character who murdered the beloved character. Oh. Um, so a lot of people had trouble with that. Here's the thing. I hated it at first, but then I, I as the more I played, the more I came to realize... Even if you like somebody who's done really questionable shit, if their comeuppance comes, I mean, you can hate the fact that they're dead, but they did some shit and they probably deserved it. Right. And that's that's something you have to struggle with the whole time you're playing the game. And uh, some people didn't like that. I didn't like it, but I understood it and I accepted it. And by the end of the game, I'd grown to actually like this character who I'd hated so much for what they did. Um, so with the show, that's good writing. It is because it 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 took the expectation everybody had and went, yeah, flipped it right over. Yeah, even the trailers for the game made it look like it was going to be something else, and then it came out and it was like, it was like, oh, is this what you thought was going to happen? Here you go, fuck you. <laughs> I feel like kind of like that's what they did with Game of Thrones too. They were like, oh, look at all these fan theories people have. There you go. Fuck you. Nobody predicted this shit. <laughs> so the big question people have been asking is, are they going to follow that story? Or are they going to take the, the spot between here and here, between the first game and the second game, and go, hey, we can make that a season. Right. And then we can eventually get to the fucked up events of the second game. Right, because the second game is years. Yeah, it's maybe... the first game, right? Like uh, I feel like Ellie's... The timeline. Ellie's 11 or 12, I want to say, in the first game. 
and then she's probably up to like 16 or 17 in the second I mean I'm not 100% Roughly, sure yeah, yeah. somebody's gonna well, the, be like the, fuck you she's this age well maybe <laughs> fuck you too fuck you back but um but they're using a different uh, actor actress to play her in the second one well in the second show in the yeah in the show well here's the th- they're they maybe not. Keep... Maybe not now. If it's gonna depends how long the writers. Well, maybe it's... she'll naturally age. It does. That part. And I mean, I don't know that they've cast her yet. And um, even and this is something cool they did. And then if you watch the show, you'll get this. They actually took three of the main um, motion capture and voice actors from the game and right. put them in the in, show uh, right. as they different characters. characters. Right. One of them actually no, there's four. Sorry. One of them. The, the lady who did the motion capture for Marlene actually plays Marlene. Right. Yeah. But then Joel, the guy who did uh, Trey... Plays that Troy Marlene's Martin. her mother? Uh, no, Marlene is uh, the leader of the Fireflies. Oh, right. Okay. Not the Dragonflies. The Fireflies. <laughs> Dragon... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So Marlene did the motion capture and then played the character. Troy Baker, who did uh, Joel, he plays this character, James. Who gets killed by her. He gets killed by Ellie. Yes. He gets chopped with a fucking yes, meat cleaver. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was great. And then. Um, but the episode where her. I think it's her mother comes in? Yes. Ashley Johnson, who did the motion capture for Ellie. Right. She plays Ellie's mom. Mom, right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And they Those explain, are the two I knew. Those are the two you knew? Yeah. And then the other one is um, the guy who did the motion capture for Tommy, who's uh, Joel's brother. He played. I can't remember the character's name. But he played this great character. And I'm like, this guy isn't even in the game. And he's just this, like, military kind of hard-ass type who's part of this um, group of people who took over a city. Like, they they took out the, the military types. Right. And he's, like, the right hand to the lady oh, in charge. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, oh, my God, the way he gets fucking killed. I don't want to... Again, spoilers. It's fucking brutal right. and so they, awesome. They, they're in control of that city and they're driving around. They first come in. They, ha- they have that gunfight with the two guys in the car. That... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that city that's, there. That's... That's... Yeah. Yeah. And there's... um Oh, shit. I can't remember the name of it. There's a name for the the militarized group. And I, it's fucking, right. I can't remember what they're called again. I'm losing my mind. But, um, yeah, I thought it was cool that they took all those people and they put them in. And they also did it. Abby is the name of the the female character in the second game who you play as. Her motion capture person played a character in the scene which kind of causes, again, without... I'm trying not to spoil it for you, Doug. Fuck everybody online. You all know what I'm talking about. Um, (laughs) So there's a scene where Joel does something which ultimately results... Not Joel, Just go ahead, because with my memory... Okay, so the chick that played Abby plays the nurse in the scene where her dad dies. And her dad dying is the reason why she goes out for revenge. Her father gets murdered, and she... And her father was a doctor. One uh, of the last doctors. Father? Abby's father. Oh, okay. So Abby's father gets murdered, and she goes on a fucking revenge quest to find the guy who killed her dad. Right. Right? And so you can kind of identify with, with somebody who... You know, really loved their dad and and had to walk into the room and see them fucking murdered by somebody and says, "I'm I'm finding this person and I'm fucking killing them." Yeah, 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 you know, yeah. as much as you don't want to see a person you lo- you appreciate and have grown to love get murdered, you, you can understand. <laughs> you, you've done a whole bunch of shit, and one day the reaper is going to come calling, and it's this just this chick is jacked. The the 
Abby's character, she's basically built like a fucking bodybuilder. Nice. Like, she's huge. And uh. just, like, playing as her felt like you're playing as a, a male character, just bashing the shit out of everybody. <laughs> so it was quite satisfying. Um, but, yeah, there's been talk of a, a third game, maybe, down the road. Um, but they're they're great. The storytelling is great. The, the action element, the tension, the fucking tension, dude. The first time you play it, you ever... You ever played a game or watched a movie and you wish you could go back and watch it again for the first time have i ever played no have like, i ever played a game played a game and you liked it so much right you wish you could go back and, and replay what, it like playing it again for the first time like and make so different that, choices or no not, not even know. make different choices you're just experiencing it again for the first oh. time because it was that good. It was that good. Right. Like, and now the story's over. And it's like shit. Well, even if you go back and play it again, it's like, oh, now I know what to do, and then the yeah. mystery's kind of gone, or yeah. oh, I'm going to try this this time. But that that panicked feeling of what the fuck do I do now? What am I right. supposed to do in this situation? Yeah. You only really get that the first time, right? And that's a that's a great feeling. And Last of Us kind of gave me that. And I I platinumed it on playstation 3 and playstation 4 because i played through the whole thing and platinumed every trophy twice and now i want to get it on ps platinum means you reach reached all the little goals you got all the, tro- the thing. like all the little things it wants you to do you get every trophy and then when you get them all boom, you get the platinum i did that on ps3 i did it on ps4 because i fucking love the game that much and it's available on ps5 like a huge hd remake where they they cleaned everything up and they added extra like details in in the background they just rebuilt the game like, kept the heart of it. Kept the gameplay pretty much the same. Right. But just made it so much more beautiful. Because it was... It looked great on PS3. Now it looks good on PS5. So is this, so this game also, like, on Xbox and all the different ones? I think ones? it eventually went multi-platform. But it was originally an exclusive on right. PlayStation, I'm pretty sure. Um, but I, I can't rave. I could talk about it for fucking days. I just... It's one of my favorites. Your favorite games. One of my favorite games, yeah. Like, uh, like, and the show. The show was good. Yeah. The show. You didn't. You weren't disappointed. I wasn't disappointed. There were some things they did that, like, I wasn't expecting that. It was good, but I wasn't expecting that. Um, there's a character I love from the game named Bill, who's this grumpy old fuck, just a grumpy, miserable old bastard who likes to basically likes to survive on his own he's an old friend of joel's and that's the that's the dude in the show played by nick offerman right and they had that little fenced in town and he met the guy and yeah and they were and living together and all that kind of they, stuff they took bill's story and they they took they changed it a little bit and what yeah. they did was actually one of the it was a fantastic standalone episode a lot yeah. of people had stupid issues with it as uh, a standalone episode it was fantastic really right. well executed yeah my only gripe is that the segment of the game with Bill is one of my favorites. Right. Like, you're going into his, this town that he's, like, barricaded with bombs and shit. So, hold and on. So, so first of all, obviously, people had problems because he was a gay character in the I show. I don't think it's because he was a gay character. It was because the entire episode was about a gay... was a, a story of a romance between two guys. And I don't have a problem with that. I don't think it was necessarily that people had a problem with that. They wanted to see more of see, Bill's character, I think, how he was portrayed in the game. In the game. See, so I haven't played the game. When I saw that that episode, obviously I knew they were gay and they were showing this kind of storyline or whatever. But to me, I didn't see that episode as 
that's not what that episode was about. It was well, about these two guys surviving, lonely, finding you know uh, friendship and companionship and 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 a way to survive. And I didn't see that at all. So maybe maybe if I played the game and it, so I'm guessing in the game he's not with somebody else. Here's the thing. So in the game it's a little different. In the game he's talking about he, he mentions how you know it's better to survive on your own and talks about how he used to have a partner. And the way he says it, he's like, I used to have somebody, uh, a partner. And you can kind of tell in the way he's saying it, there was maybe more there. Yeah. And he's talking about this guy, Frank. And as you play through your segment with Bill, you eventually find this house where Frank's killed himself because he got bit. So he was trying. Frank's is his his partner. Frank was his partner. yeah. Yeah. Like a guy he was surviving with. Yeah. And Frank offed himself. Because he got bit, and he was in the process of trying to escape the town and leaving Bill behind. So this is before Joel gets there or whatever. Yeah, the he, guy? yeah. Joel and Ellie are, are in the town, and they're they're trying to get Bill's help to get a car to get out of the state. And he says, "Oh, well, there's a there's a battery in this big army truck that's crashed into a building. Let's go get it." And you end up going into the school to try and find this battery. And you end up getting fucking swarmed by infected, and you have to fight through the school, and you're it's it's a fan again, fantastic part of the game. And then you end up in this gymnasium, and that's the first time you see one of those big fucking bloater things. Right. And this thing comes out of the like storage closet. <laughs> yeah. And you're trying to fight this thing off, and Bill and Ellie get up on the, the bleachers, and you're stuck fighting this fucking thing by yourself while Bill's popping off shots down below. Again. There's a That's crazy like an episode of The Walking Dead, by the way. It is, but it 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 like felt like a boss the first fight. season. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, actually there was something like that in the first season of there, Walking yeah, Dead. Yeah, that when they first when, when Shane and Otis. The, that's right. When they first yeah. got the farm, they went down there up on the bleachers. Yeah, and, yeah. Same so thing. It, it felt like that. Um, but again, great segment. And then you uh, you get back to this house and you find Frank's body and you find the battery and realize. Frank was trying to leave, leave Bill behind because he couldn't stand living with him anymore. Because mm. Bill was too stuck in his ways and he was becoming too difficult to be around. Right. So in the process of escaping, Frank dies and kills himself. But he leaves this letter and you kind of have a choice in the game. It's one of the few choices you have where you can give the letter to Bill or you can keep it and then Bill never knows what happened. So if you give the letter to Bill, he's like, all right, well, then fuck you, Frank, if that's how you feel about it. And you can tell he's like, he's wounded. He's hurt. He's a guy who's never showed emotion in the whole time you've been with him. And it's obvious that he had feelings for this guy or that he 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 opened himself up to him a bit. So they took that and they they built it into this really well told love story. Right. And. At the point, there's a point where you can tell Frank's like, if things don't change around here, I'm I'm leaving. I'm going to go. And it's like in the game that moment is is when Frank leaves, but in the show they find a way to keep going. Right, and he dies of like cancer, gets something. Yeah, he's yeah. he's he gets sick. He gets somehow. sick, and when he decides to die, Bill poisons himself. Well, sorry, spoilers for the show. Bill poisons himself. If you haven't watched too. it by now, fuck. Yeah, I mean, fuck. It's not like you. Oh, hey, they're talking about Last of Us. I wonder if that's good. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking good. <laughs> so. And it is spoiler. The show's been off the air for a while now, so yeah, if you haven't watched it, you ain't gonna. And second season's coming along, and who knows what they're gonna do with it there. So yeah, so so he so he the last meal he fills his food up with the pills too. Yeah, and and then they both so they both die up in the room together. Which again, it's a it's a beautiful story. It was a great episode. Um, I I had no no issues with it. I just 
My and again, I don't have an it. It wasn't issue. the same as the game. It wasn't the same as the game. But it, it I, almost I, like they took the early part of the game that wasn't actually part of the game, but kind of the the, the uh, whatever the, the the prequel to that story and put it into the show. Yeah, and they yeah, they and reworked it, it and they reworked it in a way that was very effective. My my wife was like. That that was like an amazing episode. I'm like, yeah, it really was. Well, it explained the whole. It explained what they were doing there, the whole thing. Yeah, how they met, the whole thing, and right? how how uh, Joel could get into kind of dealing some of the shit that he did. Like Bill was one of his main contacts for getting the shit he could get into the city. Right. Right. So, <laughs> I I loved it, and there are certain parts of the show that they adapted it just like the game. It's like okay. This part was so good, we're going to give it to you just the way it was. Because it's, it was cinematically kind of perfect. Right. And they, they give it to you just that way. And it's fantastic. And other things, they just said, yeah, hey, you know what? This would have been cool. Let's do this instead. Yeah. And very effective. Well, you know what? Don't, you got you got to change it a little bit. You do. And I, I, I accept that and I understand that. And if I ever want to experience that part of the story, I can go play the fucking game and just experience it the way it was originally like when i replay it on the ps5 it'll kind of be like playing it for the first time again because who knows what extra little thing there might be or extra little detail so, so after playing the game and then you go watch the uh you know episode after episode you kind of go on yeah I, I know what's gonna happen next i know what's the next episode kind but of then they throw that episode at you and totally change it on you a little bit i mean it does follow things pretty closely there were a few things they 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 skipped around like when you when you meet uh sam and henry in the game it's like you just run into them in in an apartment building you're you're going into a window to get away from somebody and boom there's sam and henry right and they're the the two brothers yeah um and then you end up traveling with them for a bit. And there's this great segment where you go into like a, a sewer where these people built a, a whole community and survived for a long time. And eventually, of course, like any community that gets built, it crumbled. And they're like traveling through the ashes of it. And yeah. there's a, a tiny piece of that in the show. Um, they didn't really fully explore it. Um but that dynamic, the dynamic of Sam and Henry was completely different in the show. They took it as, they, they, they built it into the whole story of the community rising up against the military. Where Sam, or no, sorry, Henry had become this, like, this traitor who betrayed everybody to try and save his brother. Right. Right. That wasn't the case in the, the game. They were just a couple survivors who were trying to, trying to get there. Hmm. And the segment was good, and the 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 ending part, when everything goes to shit. Like I don't. You watch the show, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So you know what happens to, yeah. to Sam. Sam gets bit. Yeah. And um, Henry has to kill him, and then he kills himself. Right. Right. And it's tragic and it's fucked up. And they took that kind of right out of the game, the way that whole thing played out. The only big difference is in the game, Sam can talk. He's just a, a normal kid. And in the show, they made him... He was deaf. He was deaf. Yeah. So he couldn't communicate as well. But it also... That, that made such a, a great bond between him and Ellie. Mm-hmm. Like, in the in the game, it felt like they were... I don't know. They, they got to be a little boy and a little girl again. So they were kind of fucking with each other a little bit. And they yeah. were really competitive about the little things. Right, right, right. And it, it felt like, oh, they get to be kids for, like, probably the first time in their lives. Whereas the show was more, you get to see the soft side of Ellie, who's always been so, kind of has to have her guard up. Mm-hmm. And then she embraces this kindness 
the side of herself with this kid and then it gets just awfully stomped out when you know she has to watch him die and then watch Henry die and just go through all the fucked up trauma that she goes through I just popped into my head the uh, the um, giraffe oh giraffe uh, scene that's my favorite one of my favorite scenes in the game yeah. it's just such a beautiful scene where and it's it's funny because it's it takes place the draft scene takes place after all the shit that happened with David and David was that fucked up religious guy who was like very molesty and creepy and then Ellie ends up just right. chopping him to death with yeah. a machete right <laughs> yeah, 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 that yeah, segment yeah. of the game ends and then you're into a new one and you can tell Ellie's got the worst PTSD of her life yeah. like her whole persona's kind of changed and she's very closed off and she's helping Joel with something and then she like runs off she and Joel's like up that. Yeah. yeah and Joel's like what the hell are you doing and he chases after her and they find the giraffes and they uh, use the real giraffe for yeah. that scene that's they, crazy they eh? could have chinsed out and done a CGI thing but they actually used the real giraffe which made it just oh, beautiful yeah. beautiful moment I'm sure Peter hated it what's that? I'm sure Peter hated it why is that? Animal cruelty. How's it animal cruelty? Well, did they did the did the giraffe agree to be in a movie? <laughs> That's what they would say. Did the giraffe <laughs> the, the giraffe might be back in the savannah getting eaten by fucking lions. It got to be a part of history. <laughs> well, I'm sure it, that's it got what a they free meal and it got to meet Pedro Pascal. You know how many people would give their left nut to meet Pedro Pascal? <sighs> well, he's been all over the universe. He has. And, and I don't know if you know this. Do you watch The Mandalorian? Yeah, of course. So third season of Mandalorian, he was never on set. I know. Not once. Because he, he never takes his helmet off in the third season. And he only voiced the character. He, yeah. So, I, and I mean... Half the time he wasn't in uh, he wasn't in any of those, especially the fighting scenes. It was a different dude doing all you, the fighting scenes. If you look at any shot of Pedro Pascal, you see a lot of this at the end of the second season, when he takes his helmet off and you see how he looks in that armor. Right. And then you look at any other shot of the Mandalorian. <laughs> different dude. doesn't look the same <laughs> at all. It looks totally different. And again, I'm... When it comes to, to that, you can't see his fucking face anyway. Right. It's, it doesn't matter. You know, like, it's not the same as, like, Carl Urban in uh, in Dread, where you, you see the bottom of his face the whole time, and he never takes the helmet off, which is fucking aces. Um, but it's, it's different. And I'm sure it was him doing a lot of the stunts, but I don't know. To, to me, the fact that he's not in the suit and he's just doing the voice... Doesn't really bother me. What does bother me is that he barely talks. Well, I mean, you get you get the real geeks and nerds that are gonna search it all out on the internet and find all the information out, and then you get somebody like my wife that just watches it, enjoys it for what it is, and that's it. And, and does she know? No. Does she care? No. No. She liked it. Yeah, probably. Hey, it, how many people? Right. You know what I mean. And here's the thing. <laughs> Remember how I said sometimes it's nice to watch something again for the first time. Yeah. There's another phenomenon, which I call, and, you know, you've probably experienced this, watching it through the eyes of someone else. Go on. Like, so let's say you watch The Mandalorian once, you watch it on your own, and you make your, you know, you'd say, oh, you gripe about this, or you think, oh, this or that. And then you watch it with somebody else who just, just, just enjoying it. And they're not <laughs> overthinking it. See, I watched The Mandalorian the one and two with my wife, and I watched three on my own because she was just kind of done. Yeah. She wasn't really that interested anymore. And then I watched the whole show with my mom. 
because my mom was coming up and she was helping watch the kids so she was there a lot um and so her and i watched all three seasons and i got to experience watching it with her and she's a casual star wars fan right she's a casual movie and tv fan so when some certain stuff happened she was just like oh that was so that was so cool i love <laughs> that scene and i'm like hmm. nice <laughs> you're allowing yourself to enjoy this and here I am overthinking and ruining everything for myself. Yeah. So sometimes you just, you have to understand things happen in a show that way because there's a huge audience that they just see that and go, oh, that was, that was fun. Right. That was entertaining. Yeah. Like, I like that little sequence. Whereas I'm going, ah, that one scene, that shot was bullshit. And it obviously wasn't him. The green screen crackled. Ah. <laughs> so it was nice to watch the Mandalorian through my mother's eyes and kind of just enjoy it a little bit. I typically get it the other way around, because I'll watch all sorts of stupid shit and enjoy it, <laughs> and just take it for what it is, right? I do enjoy lots of stupid shit. Sometimes I watch shit just because it looks stupid. I'm like, what? What is this? I, I, there was a time I was I was looking through, and I told I told Chris about this. I was looking through Prime, I think, and I was looking through the sci-fi, and you know when you keep scrolling over. Yep. You've gone past anything. And you're, you're back at the beginning. I had a budget. I wasn't at the beginning yet. <laughs> and I came going. across something called, uh, I think it was called Chimera. And it was this movie that was, it, it had originally been a show yeah. that didn't take off. And they ran out of money and they stopped. They didn't, weren't able to finish it. So what they did is they lumped all the episodes together into like a <coughs> hour and 50 minutes long movie. Yep. And it's all shot in green screen. The acting is unfinished. Mm-hmm. I don't know how else to say it. But it's a semi-cool idea for a sci-fi, military sci-fi show about a crew of guys on a ship that's kind of a shithole ship. It's been, like, pieced together from other ships. So it's it feels like it's always falling apart and there's always issues and they're on this fucked up mission. And I'm, I'm watching it and I'm like, this is shit. But... You can tell these guys it was a labor of love. Mm. Like, they probably had no money, and they wanted to make something, and they were able to do this much. And maybe it didn't take off. Maybe they didn't get the response they wanted. But you could feel that it's like they were trying to do really good work with shitty tools. Right. You know? And I could appreciate that. Been there. Oh, oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Been been there. Like, (laughs) the other day... I don't know. I, I don't know how much of this I, I talked to you about, but when we were trying to shoot that green screen stuff, yeah, like you know those images that I've said are uh, what is it? Um, oh, what did I? What's the title I gave that? The, the dark detective one. Yeah, yeah. I, I gave um, it an interesting title. Crying. Oh, hold on. Dun, 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 dun. I know I've got it in my library of images. There it is. Crimes beyond the dark. Right. <laughs> I honestly think that with a little bit of a little bit of twerk tweaking, um, get the two of us in like some, you know, trench coats and, and hats with the high pants. We yep. could uh, <laughs> could make a funny little like each episode would be like three or four minutes web series that would be ridiculous, but filmed to look like that, like the very dark dark screen uh, green screen. Labor of love, yeah. And it would, what would it cost? Gas and. Chris, blow, Chris blowing out a couple of memory cards. <laughs> but it's it's possible. That'd be cool. I I think it would be cool. I'd I mean, be into that for sure. Yeah, but I mean, when I saw that 
that crappy movie on Prime, and my first thought was like, like, that's you know, it's possible, and it's on Prime. So I mean, that's not for not for nothing. Not saying that they're getting a big check every month, but yeah, yeah, you, know, you can yeah. I've never been in a movie that's on Prime. I mean, I know you have. You've been extras and and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I don't know if they've been on Prime, but um, I know right now there's a bunch on that, Netflix for sure. That Joe, my buddy, he put our he did the director's cut of Unnatural Apocalypse. Is he gonna try and get it on Tubi? He's uh he's he, it's submitted to Prime right now. It's under review. He had to add like s- subtitles in and oh, stuff. Okay. Um, closed captioning, and uh, it's submitted to prime uk and us right now interesting it is interesting maybe, should have, maybe should have one tried. of those shitty cult movie things it could be and i mean <laughs> it did get the big reception so, on youtube see what uh haven't talked to him in a few days and so i don't know what if he's gotten anything back yet or whatever but that'll be worth it to see even i don't know what the process is for tubi because actually they sent us a uh Back in COVID, when they were looking for all sorts of shit, they sent us a email about submitting the movie. Why not? And we never did. And then, I well, guess... he, if he's got okay, if he's got the director's cut set and he's doing the subtitles anyway, yeah. If Prime honks on you, why not? Yeah, we'll see. I mean, yeah, the well, worst the worst that happens is they eight, say no. Eight people watch it, and I don't even care. I mean, it's it's <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah, my movie's on Prime. There you go. My movie's on Prime. My movie's on Tubi. You can say that. Not a lot of people can. I mean, sure, a lot of people can, but no one I know. You'd be the first. That's got to count for something. Yeah, you know, hey, the resume. It's like fuck. It's like uh, you know who Shane Gillis is. He's a comedian, stand-up comedian, gut dude. Yeah. Um, in the states, and uh, he says he has the best resume. That doesn't mean shit. <laughs> Technically, I do have a pretty fucking sick, like, resume. Yeah. Because I played, uh, it's D1 football, and then if you join West Point, if you join the Army during uh, active war, you are, technically, I'm a decorated veteran. That's a medal. That's sick. I quit right away. (laughs) I quit West Point right away, first month. (laughs) And uh, then, you know, I got SNL. So, technically, I'm a Division I football player that is a decorated veteran and was cast on Saturday Night Live. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I, I didn't do one of those things. <laughs> but that is my resume, technically. <laughs> so, hey, my movie's on Prime. There you go. Well, not yet, but... You submitted it. Right? They're, they're thinking about it. They're probably watching it. <laughs> they're probably laughing. They're probably getting drunk. Right, there's something I gotta ask, because I, I remember watching... <laughs> Get drunk, buy a truck. Get somebody pregnant. <laughs> when I was watching it, there, there's so there's a there's a production value shift because there's this whole sequence with SWAT guys. It goes from like like Doug in his apartment and yeah. he's like doing stuff and talking about stuff, and then all of a sudden it's like this high res guys going into a building and gas grenades going off. There's a couple. There's a couple of different, and there, there's another one where Joe leaves the house because I'm drunk. Yeah. And he leaves, and he goes out into the back deck, and all of a sudden the whole fucking thing changes again. And the, the, that's Mitchell. 
My son Mitchell filmed some parts and did some parts. So the thing I'm curious about is the entire like SWAT sequence yeah. where all the guys are busting into the building. Right. Did you actually film that or no. did you get that footage from someone else? Spoiler alert. <laughs> the footage is from somebody else. Okay. So what, can, that you, part. can you talk about that? Can I talk about it? Like how that footage was, was uh, gathered or what it was originally used for? Or? I don't know. Joe got that stuff. Okay, Joe uh, got Joe it. has okay. connections with people. He, he knows this uh, stuntman down in uh, in L.A. Uh, that does his own movies uh, that he's buddies, buddies with. He uh, knows people all over the place that have do shows and small-time stuff. So, yeah, all right. Yeah. Because I remember watching it, and I'm, I'm like, what what the fuck? Like, does Doug know something he's not telling us? Because how, how did he capture this scene? I did it. I, I figured you might have. You played all the characters <laughs> while holding the camera in front of you. Yeah, pretty and, much. And just mirrored all the other SWAT guys behind you. Yeah. It's doable. We didn't have a camera, man. It was two of us. That's about it. Really? Yeah. Yeah, at least there weren't a lot of tracking shots. No. 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 Well, you do what you got to do. No. You ever thought of remaking it? Oh, yeah. Like we just have, doing a full hard remake? We have many times. The, the, Joe's, the whole story to it is so much more in depth. Like the whole right part guy, there's a whole sequence of him um, uh, meeting in a garage with the, with the scientists and all sorts of shit. And actually, in the director's cut, it goes a lot more into depth. He, he got a hold of the guy and kind of refilmed stuff and... Put more stuff together, and it's a whole, whole new. It's expanded. It. It's it. You gotta. Oh, I, I we're gonna. Do, we're gonna put it out on YouTube. We're just waiting to see what happens if it goes on Prime or not. Yeah. Okay. There's uh <laughs> Back when I watched it, I remember talking to Chris about it, and I was like, "You think Doug would ever want to like redo it?" And he's like, "I don't know." He's like, "I, I, I haven't asked him if he wanted to remake it." I'm like. Like I started, like, I watched it, and I started thinking of all these ideas, and I was like, do you think, like, if I wrote, like, a scene that wasn't in it, that Doug would be pissed off? <laughs> and Chris is like, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. Chris is like, I mean, that's kind of Doug's, Doug and Joe's baby, like, maybe don't do that, because, oh, again, when I, I, I can't help but write fan fiction, right? And I pissed Chris off so much, but being like, hey, want to hear another chapter I wrote? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Want to hear another scene I wrote? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I started writing something, and it was kind of inspired by Doug and Joe's relationship, and it took place the night of Doug's wedding. Uh-huh. And it was about like how Doug and Joe were kind of, um, you know, at odds a bit with each other because Joe's a bit of a conspiracy theorist, and yeah. you know, anytime he's around, he can't help but talk about it. So he promised to be good and come to your wedding. Okay. So Joe promises to be good. Yeah. And it's hard. It's really fucking hard for him. But he loves you, and more than you, he loves your wife. Like she's the sister he always Holy needed, shit. and you're so, the brother he ended up with. So he actually has a part in that that we never filmed, where it's a birthday party though. Oh, okay. That he comes to, uh, my kid's birthday party, and he comes to the birthday party, and because you know he's a conspiracy that we're at odds, but he comes because family and yeah. for the kids, and him and Denise are really close, and yeah, yeah. Well, we never did. We never got to that. It's interesting because yeah, yeah it, it ends up. It doesn't take place during the wedding ceremony. It takes place at the reception, and it it starts with him sitting outside, and his knuckles are all bloody. And uh, you know, you come out and start talking to him like you, you just had to. You just had to do it, didn't you? 
and you ended up punching, or Joe ended up punching out your boss. Because they were at the same table, and he was behaving, he wasn't saying anything, and your boss was getting drunk, and you were a cop, right? So he was like your chief. And he was like, kind of egging Joe on. Because he knew. And he kind of, I don't know, maybe he's jealous, or maybe he just doesn't like something about the way Joe lives his life. And he, he... doesn't do anything. He's, he behaves and then he... A line gets crossed and he makes a quip about how everyone knows the chief's wife is cheating on him. Right. And the chief attacks Joe and Joe defends himself. But ends up cracking your boss, knocking him out and then gets pushed outside by... Because there's a bunch of cops at this wedding, right? So Joe ends up outside and then you come out all disappointed go back inside and then uh, is Denise the name of the character in the movie? Yeah. So Denise comes out. <laughs> it was easy. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. Denise comes out and you can see that there's this this level of a, like connection that they have. Right. It's, it's like a brother-sister connection. It's very, very powerful. And that was that was as much as I wrote because I was like, ah, I should probably stop. Yeah, that would have been so cool, though. I'm so into that. I don't. I'm not. It's buried in there. I'll, I'll find I don't it care. Like You know what? I'm not like, uh, I don't have that. If anybody has any suggestions to make shit better, I'm all for it. You know, well, yeah. I mean, if, like it, when when Chris was first here, the first time he was filming with um, we were filming out there when she uh, Tara wakes up and you know walks around, bashes the guy with the rock and yeah, stuff. Right, that was a good time. So like I like I wanted to make suggestions, but I didn't want to like step on his toes. I was kind of like, um, like just. Just a suggestion. You don't have to do this, right? You know, it would look cool if if she straddled him with the rock and pounded down with the rock on the camera. And that looked freaking right? amazing. But but I mean, you don't have to do it. I'm like, it was really hard. I didn't want to like st- step on his toes. And um, just just like how you didn't want to write a scene for my thing because you didn't because we didn't know each other back then. We didn't, and that's now, why I just kind of now it's like whatever, right? Oh shit, I found it. <laughs> oh, how long is this? It's Oh, that's oh. a good uh, good luck, good roll. I made her Charlie. She's Charlie in this. She's not Denise. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I made her Charlie. Probably because I thought, "Oh, you know who could play her if it's being like a flashback?" Uh, and right, now get Charlie to play young yeah. Denise. Yeah, Wedding Hall Night, August 8th, 2014. I'll send that to you later. Interesting. That's pretty it. cool. I, I, I'd read it out loud right now, but I'm not that vain. Right. I don't want Joe coming to find me, <laughs> knocking me on the head. I'm trying to get this thing on Prime, you son of a bitch. He might be. He might be a little more attached to it. Then. Well, and that, again, that's the other <laughs> thing, right? I, I never want to. Because you, you had once uh, messaged to me when I, oh, I put out the trailer for the director's cut. I did a little trailer thing. Director's cut coming. Mm-hmm. I remember you messaged me going uh, something about you'd love the be my brother in that movie yeah yeah <laughs> you'd love to play joe that would be fun what you said yeah well i mean again if you were going to do a remake uh, i know that it was difficult because you could tell that you you guys were working with what you had and there were times where when you were both in the shot together it was just yeah it was, it was on a tripod absolutely and you didn't have a crew to kind of do things and no. i don't know if if joe likes being a before, in front of the camera guy or a behind the camera guy but if yeah. you ever wanted to remake it, if you wanted to play yourselves again, absolutely. Get Chris to film it. I can yeah, probably uh, he lives way out in uh, Mount Bridges now. Oh shit. He's yeah, far so away. It so. would be it would be tough to do. <laughs> um 
But yeah, I mean that was that was the thing. It's like yeah. if Joe wanted to be behind the camera, I mean I could we play brothers? I don't know. I don't know if we could play brothers. I mean you could probably play Uncle Doug. <laughs> I don't know if you could play Daddy though. What? Well you're what, fifty five? Yeah. How old are you? Forty one. So unless you had me when you were fourteen. Why why couldn't what was that? I think my camera might have just run out of space. Let me see. Oh, it was the camera went beep. It said, fuck you, he could be your dad. You could just upload it like uh, um, the video. And that's how it ended. But, hold on. Why can't we be brothers? Do I look that fucking older than you? I mean, if, uh, no. My, 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 my oldest brother is 11 years older than me. Okay. Okay. So that, that, yeah, it could work. And maybe the reason why we have, you know, tension is because you are that much older than me. Well, how old are you again? Sorry. 41. You just fucking told me. You're, so you're Joe's age. Joe's 41? Yeah. Okay. So then, yeah, it would totally work. How, how often do people play their age anyways on TV shows? Oh, shit. No, it doesn't happen. I mean, fucking 31-year-old people playing high school kids. Fucking, uh, what's his name? No, the Karate Kid. Um, yeah, uh, Ma, uh, Ma, um, uh, Ralph. Uh, Ralph Macchio. Yeah. Ralph Macchio <laughs> was 35 in Karate Kid Part 3. Was he? 35. <laughs> and his screen, uh, the girl he was playing with opposite him, who wasn't quite a love interest, she was more of like a friend. She was really young. She was like 19, like 18, 19 years old. So there was no love story between them because the difference between the actors was large wow yeah so there's that <laughs> there's well, ralph there's, there's the ralph situation yeah you gotta be careful of the ralph situation shit i mean if you work it into the story then it's fine there's my brother doug he's a little bit older than me but you know daddy beat me just the same <laughs> <laughs> well, look at the look at the Walking Dead with Merle and Daryl. Oh yeah, they're fucking. Their they're, ages are pretty. Well, the age gap yeah, there, yeah. And I think that I can't remember if it worked in the story. I remember there weren't a lot of times Daryl talked about his childhood with Merle, but there was one time I think I remember him reminiscing about like a friend of Merle's who was messing with him, and and then something happened. I can't remember. Well, there was there was a lot of times they talked about uh, their daddy beating them and whipping yeah. them and shit. Fuck. Good old Southern family values. Yeah, for fuck's sake. <laughs> it's fucking trud. Anyways. How did we go from The Last of Us to Southern beatings? I mean, well. Yeah, Southern beatings. If you think about the way Joel punches people. I tell you, one of the most satisfying, and here we come, we're doing our full circle thing. Yeah. Playing that game. Good time. The feeling of punching somebody as Joel, just the way the game emulates his fists smashing into people. It's one of the most satisfying things. So, so you play from the character's eyes? No, it's uh, like a third person, like you kind of get the back view. Like you're looking at them. You're looking at the whole body. Yeah, you. yeah. Yeah. And then it's like a, it's like a cover action shooter sneak kind of thing. Right. Like sneaking up behind people and <laughs> shiving them in the throat and holding them and then pointing a gun at a guy, using them as a human shield popping them in the head mm. some moments are just like the action <laughs> moments they're they're very satisfying and just grabbing a brick and nice yeah it's a very uh, visceral violent fucking violent game 
Like you take somebody out near an object, you're using that object to finish them off. Cool. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, it's great. And so much of the game that is like some of the great storytelling takes place while you're just moving around and the characters are chit-chatting. Like there's the cinematic parts, but then there's just parts where they're shooting the shit. So so the game definitely goes in one direction. There's no choices. It's a linear game. You can go down. There's nothing there's there's maybe two choices you can make in the entire game and they don't really make a difference. You can choose to give Bill the letter. Um, you can choose to not kill the nurses at the end. You can spare them. Right. Or you can flame flare them, the way some people do. You can toss a bomb at them and blow them up. It doesn't really make an impact either way how the game's going to progress. Right. You can be a sick fuck or not. And there's another part earlier where you find an infected that's trapped and you can choose to kill it or just leave it. Right, but these things don't affect, affect the, the, the where the yeah. game goes. It's it's not like Detroit Become Human. It's not mm. gonna arc out. It's a linear right. storyline. Right. Yeah, but great story. It's like you're playing a movie. Interesting. Yeah, but like if you were to look online and find like Last of Us movie, where somebody has taken all the cinematic cuts, all the conversation pieces, moving through the game, it's like six hours. You could watch the whole game. Right. Happen. Yeah. So, so my family, my brothers and that, my my nieces and all that. When so when we got together, uh, I don't know, at my mom's place for something, some gathering, family gathering. This was after we were doing those who remain, mm. and we did the premiere and we're blasting it on social media. Yeah, my brother's like, um, you uh, working with the the Last of Us? <laughs> uh, no. But it's pretty close. <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't want to be that guy, but I, I was totally that guy when Chris and I first started talking. I'm reading the script and I'm like, Dragon Quest? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Doesn't he, well, don't you think that sounds a bit like Fireflies from The Last of Us? And he's like, no, 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 it's not like The Last of Us. It's different. They're, they're, they're a different kind of thing. But, but he came up with that story long before The Last of Us was around. Well, yeah, he wrote it a long time ago. And it was more, it was kind of like, uh, like he said, it was kind of Fallout Resident Evil fan fiction type stuff. Like, well, I've had, seen some of it on YouTube or something. Yeah. Some of his yeah, old the, shit. A right? lot of his old shit was, it was, um, had a lot to do with being Resident Evil inspired. Right. Because of the whole like pharma company type stuff, and um, Neodyne is kind of like the umbrella of of his story. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he kind of made it his own. And see, the thing is, and again, here here I come writing again. The idea of it being called the dragonflies. Dragonflies are an apex predator. Mm-hmm. Their specialty is eating mosquitoes. So like getting rid of the the things that pester humans the most the the things that you know so the whole idea of this group being called dragonflies when i think of that all i think of is these massive deadly insects that like control you know they're they're at the top just fucking everything up and 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 when you see one you're appreciative of it because you know it's out there eating mosquitoes for you yeah but as, as a human the fucking mosquitoes are out. They're fucking pestering me all the time. Fucking pain in the ass. They're fucking trying to control my whole life. Mm-hmm. Right? All over me. And then 
and then you see the one or two dragonflies come and take out a few of the fucking mosquitoes. You're thankful, and then they go away. Well, that's because they can only eat so much. So, but that that's kind of that's kind of what that the rebel group was, right? They kind of hide in the back, and then they show up and help out a little bit, and then yeah. fuck off again. But there's only so much they can do because there aren't enough of them. Right. Whereas if there, I think there's a place called Dragonfly Park. There's fucking dragonflies everywhere. There's this beach. I went. We went there one time, and it was in the middle of the summer where mosquitoes should have been awful. Fucking dragonflies everywhere. No mosquitoes, and it was beautiful. It's a lot of dragonflies here in the summer. Yeah. When we, when we finally come, we're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I'd like to start like a dragonfly farm around my place. So they, I just hear the sounds of it, like. <laughs> so was Resident Evil a game? <laughs> yes. Yes, Resident Evil. Oh fuck! Before it became uh, the show. Oh yeah, way before. Or was it the other way around? No, no, it was a game first. It was a game first. Yeah. It was a game, and they didn't make the movie until I think the second or third game had come out. Actually, now that I think about it, back when there was Blockbuster, oh. and on Fridays you'd go to fucking Domino's and buy a couple of pizzas, and then go to Blockbuster, Blockbuster, and get a couple of videos to watch. And then you'd rent a couple of video games for your kids, right? Yeah. I rented uh, Resident Evil for the kids that were small to play the game. Oh, they were terrified. You I had this. I oh had to God. play it for them. It was scary. Well, that's the thing. It starts with like a live action. It was scary. Everyone getting killed by dogs. Yeah, it's scary. And then that first, I remember being traumatized. <laughs> I'm Down sure a basement, lot of people were. I'm playing it trying to show the kids oh it's just a game i'm fucking freaking out they're freaking out when, beside me it was fun when you find that first zombie and it's eating up. a guy and it just turns around and looks at you <laughs> that traumatized the entire generations of kids man yeah yeah let me well, tell you 96 it came out no yeah that's about right so so you got to remember though before that though my kids when they were really young um were being babysit by my parents oh wow that's and, that and they watched it Oh God! I remember you telling me that, <laughs> right? So, so this was scary, but it was fun. <laughs> well, apparently, it came out in '96, and the movie came out in 2002. So it was only six years after. Hmm. But the movie is nothing like the game. No, like you've played a bit of the game. Um, the movie f- follows Alice, and makes no mention of Chris or Claire, or Jill. It's not until the second movie where they start to delve into the the other characters. Right. And then eventually they bring them in and it's like I I I like the I don't know if you've ever seen these. There's animated um Resident Evil movies. Yes. That I've... follow the events of the games a little more closely. Right. Like and there's one <clears throat> you don't even have to watch the whole movie. There's just one sequence of Leon Kennedy and Chris Redfield in this hallway like John wicking a bunch of fucking zombies together and it's it's such an entertaining sequence to watch it's like did you did you see the Resident Evil show the show on Netflix Uh, I might have tried to watch it oh it's fucking terrible yeah just terrible but it had one redeeming scene that I, I could watch it over and over again there's this this kind of bumbling seemingly bumbling characters like a heavy set guy big beard and he's trying to like trying to get this main girl to come back because they, there's like something about her blood they, they want to do tests they need her they need her to come in and she won't and this guy keeps trying to get her she keeps getting away and eventually they end up in this prison 
There's fucking zombies everywhere. And the zombies break out, and the two of them are forced to try and escape this prison together. And this guy, who's, like, heavy. He's a heavy-looking dude. Not, like, ridiculously heavy, but he's, he's a chunky he's dude. He's a big dude, yeah. Goes full fucking John Wick and starts killing the shit out of zombies. Doing shit you wouldn't expect a guy his size to do. <laughs> he's, like, twisting, catching them under, like, the back of his leg. Boom! Headshot. Boom, 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 boom! <laughs> Moving around, fucking doing all this stuff. And I'm watching it, and I'm like, this is a fucking John Wick! This fucking, it's fat John Wick. This is amazing. And the entire feeling I got from that was why I wanted to do Biscuit. Right. I was like, I want to create another heavy set guy who just fights a bunch of fucking guys. And yeah, sure, at the end, he's like, fuck. <laughs> but he did it. But he did it. He got through it. He's always fucked up at the end. But I thought that, ah, that's kind of how I want to do a Biscuit scene where he kills a bunch of guys. He kills a bunch of zombies. And at the end, he's just like, oh, fuck. I was coughing up blood. Like, <laughs> lights the smoke. Oh, fuck, man. I think I need a smoke. And that's why at the end of the, the scene where I kill the two scavengers, I just get up and I'm just like so out of breath from fighting the two people. And the girl, the wife is still yelling at me for killing her husband. You bastard, I'm going to get you. And I'm like, would you shut up? I got a headache. Like, I just bashed in your husband's brains on a rock, but I have a headache. But yeah, it was partially inspired by that. And I kept telling Chris about it. I'm like, oh, I want to do an action sequence because this this fat guy did one. Yeah. More fat guys need to do action sequences. <laughs> I haven't seen anything like that since Martial Law. You ever watch Martial Law no, back in the day? I don't think so at all. Eh, it was like a, a TV show about a heavy set cop from, I don't know where he was from, but he knew like a lot of martial arts and everyone kind of, always, everyone always gave him shit for being overweight, but he was like, just destroyed everybody. Well, you know who's like that in real life? Steven Seagal? Yeah. Fuck Steven Seagal. He's fucking huge. He's a piece of shit. Why? Because he's an asshole. Why? Every person who's ever worked with him... Says he's an asshole. Says he's a fucking yeah, asshole. Yeah, I've heard that, but that's... I don't care. That's not what I'm talking about. He's a, he's a fucking I, ninja guy, right? If he fought anybody with actual skills, I think they'd kick his ass. Even in his prime. So he did the cop show. Well, yeah, well, he became a sheriff, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's fucking big fat dude. Well, now he is. He was doing during that show, I'm sure of it. Because he lacked discipline. He always probably lacked discipline. He was a fucking bully. And all the shit's coming. It's been coming out for a while. I remember uh, John Leguizamo was probably one of the first people to talk about it. About what a what an asshole he was filming Executive Decision. Hmm. How, like, he came in what? and he started throwing his weight around. And uh, John Leguizamo kind of laughed at him. And he put him up against the wall and choked him. And basically, like, you know, don't don't pull that shit with me. Okay, well, fuck you, Steven Seagal. I'm yeah. sorry I brought you up. <laughs> sorry. I'm very passionate about not liking Steven Seagal. And the thing is, I grew up enjoying his movies. Ramble number 342. Rambo. Ra Ramble? Oh, Ramble. I thought you said Rambo. I'm like, Rambo! Ram don't you bring Rambo into this. Steven Seagal and Stallone, I'm pretty sure they never did a movie together, did they? I don't, I don't so. know. I don't think they ever crossed paths. But, like, I grew up watching, what, what was it? Mark for Death, Hard Target. Not Hard Target, sorry, that's that's Van Damme. Uh, Mark for Death, Hard to Kill, not Hard Target. Hmm. And I remember watching, and he was probably like, if I'm going to get taken out in this movie, I need to take some serious damage. Guys bust into his bedroom and shoot him with a shotgun, point blank. He doesn't go down. They shoot him a second time, and he looks at his wife like, ah. 
Ow. Is Steven Seagal still? Yes. I thought we already said fuck him. Fuck him. This is why I'm saying fuck him. <laughs> this is why I knew fuck him back in the day. Takes three point blank shots from a shotgun to put him down and put him in a coma. Three. Who, who else do you know other than the fucking T-1000 who can take three shotgun blasts point blank <laughs> and walk out like, ah, coma. That was a... Yeah. But hey, for every Steven Seagal, you, you know, get a Keanu Reeves. And, you know, I'll take that bounce. He's a cool dude. He is a cool dude. There's a, there's a, there's some people out there who are uh, were told to idolize them, and it's like, no. Because, that that no, I don't like being told who my heroes should be. He's not the vampire dude with the taint. Keanu Keanu Reeves' taint is the only thing. What was it? The only thing that isn't corruptible. We were talking about government. Keanu Reeves' taint cannot be corrupted. And the only person who could maybe do it. Can't be hacked. It can't be hacked. That's right. What the? We weren't even drinking yet. Why do you think he's Neo? Well, he's crazy. Uh, you, spe- speaking of Keanu Reeves, that movie Nicolas Cage did. Oh, um, the the animatronics one. Animatronics. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, oh fuck! What Willy Wonderland? Yeah, that's is such that what a it is? Willy Wonderland. Oh that, that's my based God. on a game. It's it is inspired loosely. Is inspired by, loosely on a game uh, by um kind of. And loosely inspired by Five Nights at Freddy's. Five Nights at Freddy's is a game about somebody who, again, I've never played it, but I've worked with kids for years and they won't shut up about it. (laughs) It's a, you play, from the original game, you play as a guy who has to work in this building and you have to basically decide where the security measures are activated because there's these animatronic fucking animals and if they catch you, they kill you. Right. Right? And it's spawned as a whole bunch of different games. A whole fucking world. And they are doing a Five Nights at Freddy's um, movie. Oh, okay. But Willy Wonderland... Have you ever seen it? I did, yeah. Oh, my fucking God. It's it's <laughs> so it. campy, but so good. And I, I watched... That was one of the ones I watched was like... And my wife was like, "What the?" Fuck I had to show. I had to shit? show Nat. I was like, "Nat, you got to watch the scene where he fights this fucking ostrich." She's like, "What?" I'm like, "Just, just watch the scene." And she watched it. and She's like, "I'm like so enthralled by this fucking madness." And as soon as I finished watching it, I went online and I was like, "I gotta, like, I, I know what I'm thinking. I gotta see what other people are thinking." And it's fucking brilliant. Some of the fan theories, and one of the big ones is that Nicolas Cage played Death. He was death. Yeah. Just going around. And death has to follow... Or no, was it... He was the Grim Reaper. Well, Well, death and the Grim Reaper are essentially the same thing. The the Grim Reaper follows a very particular set of rules. Right. It has to. And one of the things that death loves is playing games. Which is why he was always going for the fucking pinball game. (laughs) And death is very meticulous. Has to follow the rules. So when the guy told him, make sure you take your breaks... It didn't matter what was happening when like, he's fighting one of those fucking things and his watch goes off and he leaves and the right. chick has to fight the fucking thing <laughs> because he he had to meticulously take break. his breaks. So as I was reading that, I'm like, holy shit, I feel like I got to watch this again with a thought in my head that he is death incarnate as a man and he has to live as a man during this kind of fucked up night where he's fighting 
robots that are possessed by cult members, child killing cult members. Something yeah. It was something fucked up like that. Basically, a bunch of Chucky dolls. It was like a, it was like a Chuck E. Cheese's and all the. Uh, it was Chuck E. Cheese with Child's Play. <laughs> yeah, Chuck E. Cheese, Ch- Chuck E. Child's Cheese Play. That yeah, was a freaky, weird movie. Yeah, but if, like that's. And I don't think he spoke. Did he speak? He did, but he spoke very little. Very little. Yes, Fuck. but again, just like Death, Death wouldn't yeah. speak frequently, and all the other human characters are all blah, 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 never shut up. But they were great cannon fodder for getting killed. You can eat that. That was. Uh, I, I enjoyed that. It was a it was a surprise because I'd never heard of it, and I was just flipping through. I think it was on Prime. I was flipping uh, through or Netflix or something. I was flipping through and I saw this Nick Cage movie and I'm like, oh, what the fuck is this? Yeah, one I've never seen before. <laughs> and there's a couple of Nick Cage movies I haven't seen because I love his like crazy ones. Um, there's another one called Mandy that I've never seen, but I want to. Yeah, I think I have seen it. It's about a guy whose like wife gets killed and he goes, or his girlfriend gets killed and he goes fucking nuts and there's all this weird like a cult kills her and there's all this weird supernatural shit. Hmm. But yeah, I'd be down for that. Again, I grew up I'm with not Nick sure Cage. About that one. Nick Cage has embraced his madness in a way that not many character actors do. And I really want to see coming full circle back to Pedro Pascal. There's a movie he did with Pedro Pascal. I was going to bring that up. I want to see that. I haven't seen Nick, it yet. Nick Cage plays himself. He plays himself. Yes. And it's called the, something of the burden of talent. Yeah. The un- immeasurable burden of talent or something pa- like and that. And Pedro is a, like, the, like a just rich. Some kind of rich criminal. Rich criminal nutcase. Yeah. And some weird shit or something. On. Yeah. I just remember when it came out, the memes of that scene of them driving in the car. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Endless. <laughs> and it was right. so funny. <laughs> and that was like in the height of. Like, Pedro Pascal had just done The Last of Us, and he'd done uh, he was Mandalorian. Mandalorian at the same he was, time. He was everywhere. Yeah, there was that, there was that uh, you'd see the cartoon or whatever of him stepping out of the door in, 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 in Hollywood, whatever, Universal Studios, you know, Mandalorian, and then opening under the door for The Last of Us, you know, from one to the other. Here's all the money. Here you go. <laughs> you gotta worry, though, that like when you've ha- done, done all that, it's like, okay... What next? Because well, he's done. He, he he was also in fucking Wonder Woman nineteen eighty six or whatever it was nineteen eighty four, which was the one I never saw. Yeah, I didn't see it either. Again, it's one of those uh, Universal Marvel DC fucking. I was never big into those superhero things. So, so just, all that universe, okay. I'm just not. Make this there. simple for you, okay? You got an apple over here. We got an orange over here. The apple is Marvel. The orange is DC. Yeah. Those are the those are the big ones. Okay, that's all. That's it. Marvel's got Spider Man, and Captain America, and Iron Man, and DC. DC's got Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman. They are similar (laughs) because if you look, you can find the doppelganger of just about any character from Marvel in DC, and vice versa. I was never I was never into any of it. Weird, but I wasn't. Well. I can understand that. I never followed any of that. But, um, no, I've totally lost my train of thought. That's okay. That's what oh, we do. Oh, Pedro Pascal. The first time I saw him, he was in a series, um, uh, fucking, um, Colombian drug lord. Uh, oh, Narcos. Narcos. Yeah. Yes. I, I started watching Narcos and then I just, like, I, I couldn't finish it because I didn't like the other character, hmm. the cop. Yeah, the other guy, the oh, guy yeah. from I, I, I just anything I see him in, he has this 
I, I don't know, it's this fucking smug arrogance that I find really annoying. Like, he was in the Predator <laughs> movie, the one that uh, Shane Black wrote. Now, there's so many fucking Predator movies now. Predator, the one, uh, I don't know. It's the... The newest one? The, not the one where, with the, the not Indian prey, girl? Not Prey. Prey. The one before that. And he was in uh, he was in Logan, coming back again. Full fucking Oh, circle. that's that DC... Yeah, he played Marvel the thing. guy who... Was it DC or Marvel? That was Marvel. He was in Logan. He was the guy hunting Logan down. And again, he, he just... I don't know. There's something about him. He did all the voiceover for uh, Narcos. And every time he was talking, he just had this fucking arrogance to him and I was like I can't fucking lie and, and I didn't hate his character and I, I liked Pedro Pascal and I loved the guy that was playing um, uh, yeah I can't think of his name uh, I can't think of his name either but the guy who was playing uh, the, the drug lord he was a great actor he was doing a good job I loved him in fucking uh, Elysium that's one of the reasons my wife really really wanted to watch Narcos is because she loved that guy from Elysium so much and he was playing um, fuck, why can't I remember this drug guy's name? Oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Fuck. Being old is shit. Help me, Doug. I'm trying to help you. Help, help. Narcos is about, um... <laughs> you know, it's about, um... Ah! Oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. What the fuck is his name? Oh, it doesn't even say it in the... Ah! Oh, I need Pablo to... Escobar. Pablo Escobar. Fuck, fuck my life. There's all those... Means when he's sitting in his little gondola thing with the, the water there with all the hippos in it, and he's sitting there. Waiting. He's all sad, <laughs> waiting, waiting for the Last of Us season two. <laughs> There's one of that. There's one of that with. Uh, it's the same thing, but it's with um, Quentin Tarantino. It's it's like the, almost the exact same shots. Yeah. yeah, it's a good one. Boyd Holbrook, you don't like him. I. Uh, Oh, he was uh oh, he was the um bad guy in the new uh, uh Raylan Givens. What? Raylan Givens? What's that? It's Raylan Givens, it's uh Timmy Oliphant. Oliphant. Um he's a uh he's a uh US Marshal. Oh, you're talking about Justified. What did I say? I don't know what you said. Justified. It didn't, it didn't sound like English. That's what I said, Justified. Did you? He was the bad guy in Justified. Oh. Okay. I, I didn't hear you say oh, it's Justified. It's on fucking tape, so we'll soon fight out. <laughs> <laughs> Play it back. Play it again, Sam. Well, I, I mean, maybe I was too hard on him. I don't know. I just felt like there was this... A couple of times when he was doing the voiceover, it just sounded arrogant to the point of being way too cheesy. But he has that same fucking arrogance, and then so so there's justified, and then justified primeval mm -hmm. that just came out. Uh, so they're based on books, right? Okay. Uh, and he's uh, he goes he has to go up to Detroit to do something, and he runs into this guy, and he plays the bad guy. In it. Hmm. So that's a show. I I think I watched the first two episodes. Justified and, was good, man. And, and that's the thing. Everyone tells me it's good, and it's a show. And I love Timothy Oliphant. I think he's a fucking fantastic actor. I've loved him since since Deadwood and before Deadwood. Um, but I, I feel like we were going to watch one of two shows. And what we would sometimes do is watch two episodes of the one show and then two episodes of the other to decide what we were going to watch. Right. And I don't even remember what the other show was. But Nat wasn't, <laughs> wasn't totally digging Justified, so we watched the other things. Oh, and his nemesis in that first one, uh, uh, what's that, Henry Goggins played um, 
Boyd Devereaux. Mm. It, it was it was so good. Uh, it's, it's it was like it was like every every fucking episode was like oh fuck now what game's gonna go wrong now it's gonna go wrong uh, fuck shit. yeah it was good the second one primeval wasn't as good I don't think but. No. when when I look at a show that I think oh I'd really love to watch that and then I look it's like wow okay seven seasons twelve episodes a season hour long episodes fuck. It's it just feels like such justified a, was in seven seasons. I'm not, I'm not saying it was, but I mean it, it had a beefy beefy run. Maybe five. Well, so let's look here. Justified season. This goes up to seven seven seasons. Maybe seven seven season is that other show? I don't know. Well, but it, it feels like an undertaking. <clears throat> I mean, I don't know, it was pretty good. Again, I wouldn't be against watching it. It's just like. If I had, you know, one of those jobs where I worked overnights and I could crack out three episodes a night while I was doing shit, sure. But I only get X amount of time to do stuff. Although it was a book, not a not a game, so we're kind of off topic. Shit. <laughs> oh, well, you know what? This this one has been a bit spastic. We've been off topic a fair amount. I don't even know what you would title this. Um. I don't know. The Lost of Us? <laughs> the Lost of Us. The Lost of Us. That's it. And on that note... Episode 7? Yeah. Episode 7. of We didn't even do an introduction. On the wrap-up. Yeah. We'll do it now. Hey there. We'll cut to... and paste. <laughs> hey there. Welcome to the Double D Podcast. Uh, I'm your co-host, old uh, young, young D, little D, little brother. And this is... Big brother. Because apparently me and Doug are brothers now. Although that comes... Although, yeah. <laughs> hey there! Welcome back to Double D Podcast. Take two. Take two. Episode 7. October 2nd, 2023. Justin Trudeau is still Prime Minister, and we all hope he chokes on a ham sandwich like Mama Cass. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, get a truck. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Move up north. Buy a truck. Get someone pregnant. To all the fellas, don't get caught slipping. Sure. Because yeah. in nine months, sure you going to be tripping, tripping, tripping. Check. <clears throat> Somebody going to get pregnant. 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 Watch out, you better watch out, cause somebody gon' get pregnant. You better watch out, you better watch out, cause somebody gon' get pregnant. You better watch out, you better watch out, cause somebody gon' get pregnant. You better watch out, you better watch out, cause somebody gon' get pregnant.